Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tech Talk, a podcast where Amit and I, we talk about all things tech. Today is a special episode. We have the founder and CEO of Mobot, uh, Eden, with us. And it's a very exciting uh, uh, company and a product that Eden has come up with, and we want to know all about it. Uh, rather than me going into details about the product, Eden, why don't you let us know what is Mobot and uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, really excited to be on the podcast with you guys today. So my name is Eden Fulgo. I'm the founder and CEO of a New York-based startup called Mobot. Uh, and what we do at Mobot is we are using real mechanical robots to actually tap on phones and test apps. So iOS and Android applications that are being used every day that are downloaded from the App Store and Google Play. Uh, essentially, we work with engineering teams, product managers, and QA professionals to actually make sure that before that version of the app is deployed to the public, that it passes all the different tests and different scenarios that need to be covered. And so the reason that this is such an important problem to solve is because there is a lot of testing that still has to happen manually in the field of mobile testing. Uh, when you look at other industries uh, like web testing or desktop application testing, there's a lot of automation that's happened over the last five to 10 years. But because mobile is still a slightly newer space and it's evolving all the time with all the different complex types of hardware, different phones, tablets, iOS, Android, different players that are expanding onto the space, IoT, uh, hardware peripherals, Apple Watches, everything like that, it's really, really hard to test. And so there's not been a reliable solution on the market to test exactly like how humans are using something in an automated physical way. And so Mobot is actually that solution where we're essentially delivering QA as a service using robots. And those robots are also being overseen by members of our human team. And so we essentially are kind of combining the best of robots with people to make sure that we deliver quality testing to our customers. And so long-term, the way this scales out is we want to build self-service infrastructure that will allow any engineer around the world to be able to control a robot, a mechanical robot for testing. Wow, this this is actually uh, such a great piece of innovation. When I was researching about mobile, I was just I was just blown away. It's it's uh, it's really really innovative because. Uh, this is, I think, a true example of thinking out of the box when everyone is trying to go more software-based uh, solutions uh, where there is a mechanical robot which is actually doing the testing. It's actually adding a new level of uh, sort of uh, genuineness in, in within testing. That, that really, really intrigued me. And Eden, to be honest, when I started researching about Mobot and yourself, I, I can't, cannot tell you how excited I was because Amit and I both are mechanical engineers, and in by trade, uh, Amit is in testing. He's a he's a quite a, a veteran test engineer. I'm in RPA, so I do a lot of robotic process automation. So, I think all of our uh, sort of uh, experience and education really uh, uh, sort of uh, goes in line with what you're doing and i'm really excited to sort of know more about mobot yeah so, i think uh, yeah. Uh, just to reiterate because uh, i've been in testing and currently we are also testing a mobile app uh, in in my company we have both an uh, android app and an ios app and uh, we are not able to 
uh, test it using a device farm because our solution is very unique where we have to test the video as well as the audio or Bluetooth. Uh, so any device farm uh, we spoke with like Sauce Labs and Browser Stack and they have a limitation like they have to cover the camera. So we will not be able to differentiate whether the actual the feed is actually coming from the camera or is it just black because it's covered uh, or it's not working. So because of that solution, we, we are not able to go with any cloud-based solution. So we are able, we are restricted in terms of what we can automate and that means that we can just automate like the login scenarios and the logout scenarios maybe signing in showing available etc so that's a restriction uh, that we uh, we we are currently feeling so but we are using apm so uh, uh, i know that apm is a standard uh, mobile automation tool which is used for automating both android as well as ios so uh, and when we are uh, when we talk about testing, mostly it's end-to-end -end testing. Uh, it's more like uh, what the customer sees. Uh, it's a finished product that uh, is going to be given to the customer, and they are going to use it. So that's where we come. Uh, I mean, that's where my job comes. Uh, most of the unit testing is written by the developers. So now I wanted to ask you because uh, while researching about Mobot, etc., like what's the USP of Mobot compared to other, say, software providers? Because now currently in the market, you also have AI based tools so like they're more intelligent and they can you don't have to code that much uh, there are low code automation tools as well or no code so how does uh, Mobot fit into that space yeah so ultimately we've seen that there's a lot of different tools that you have to use throughout the software development lifecycle for testing um, and and I think Sometimes the analogy that's been kind of used a lot and referenced a lot is like it's a pyramid, right? At the very bottom of the pyramid, you generally have sort of unit tests, and then you have these API tests that kind of layer on top, and then you might have integration tests or UI tests. Um, and so ultimately, then at the very top of the pyramid is sort of like, oh, a small sliver, theoretically, of manual testing that you're supposed to do. But what has actually ended up manifesting, at least for mobile, is I think the top of the testing pyramid is disproportionately large because of just the limitations of all the tools that are below it. And so the way we position ourselves at Mobot is we're not a competitor to, we're not trying to replace browser stack. We don't replace your Appium tests. If you can write those tests with Appium and Detox and uh, all these other testing frameworks out there, you probably should because those are the kinds of tests that will run on every pull request and they'll run on your development branch. But it's no replacement for the sort of final end-to-end -end testing, like you were saying, that happens at the end of a release cycle. Maybe it's a one or two week sprint. And this partly is set up because uh, mobile CI/CD is not as easy uh, to do because there's the App Store and Google Play approval process, which does generally take a few hours, hopefully, or less, uh, or sometimes can take a few days if things don't quite go according to plan. And so it kind of raises the stakes for when you have that release candidate that's ready to go, you can't actually like, it's not like you can just roll it back in a few minutes. Uh, there are, of course, phased rollout strategies you can use, but it really kind of makes it so that when you are testing exactly like a human using the device, you want to be super careful and comprehensive that you're covering all the test scenarios. And so Mobot is basically providing that additional test coverage that we feel like the other testing tools in the bottom of the testing pyramid haven't been able to cover. And so that's really ultimately where we differentiate. And so we see that I think a good 
QA team, a good test engineer, you should be using a number of different tools. This idea that you kind of have one tool that does everything, one size fits all, um, I don't think that works, especially not in this complex world where you, you, you wrote your web app in a different programming language than your mobile app. Why would you expect that you could use a web tool to do QA testing on mobile? I think that kind of same logic applies across the board for iOS, for Android, for, you know, physical test cases, Bluetooth test cases, uh, API, um, you know, integrations, things like that. And so you have to use the right tool for the right job. And I think it's important that, especially as you're building kind of your QA strategy for an engineering team, that you don't kind of jump to just like, oh, I have a limited budget, so I'm only going to pick one tool and hope that it solves all my problems. I think it's very important that the engineer knows exactly what the different problems are and that you're building a holistic strategy to solve different pieces of that problem. Right, yeah, uh, absolutely. And one of the things I wanted to actually say that uh, in, in many of my jobs, uh, I've actually faced this problem quite a lot, that uh, the test environment isn't fully mimicking the production environment or the live use case. And I feel like this... Uh, this solution of mechanized robots, actual physical robots, uh, actually fills a gap that we didn't even realize was there before because we were always testing in, in virtual environment. But just coming to think about it, you know, there are Android Studio or other softwares where you could simulate a mobile device. Um, and then you could, you know, on top of that simulation, you could potentially with the mouse or keyboard can mimic the human interaction as well. How does it compare with that? Because that's also kind of like, in a way, uh, sort of mimicking the, the how the human would interact with the screen. Yeah. So I think there's definitely also limitations to emulators and simulators in terms of how they actually represent that that hardware is it representing the camera the graphics card the memory on that device um i think there's some complexity there because what we have seen sometimes is mobot will catch a real bug on a real device and an engineer that we're working with will try to go back and reproduce that bug in their android studio simulator or something and they'll be like oh wait i'm using the what i think is the same model right samsung s21 ultra running android 12 but i'm not getting the same bug like what's going on and you might find that it might be an issue with a memory leak it might be device storage permissions it might be the camera um, it could be a, some issue with a home screen widget and whether or not that data is syncing and oh was the app in the foreground or the background uh, was a push notification triggered and so there are all of these other sort of complex scenarios that in the real world more and more over the next five to 10 years, the way that products have evolved is no one uses your piece of software in a vacuum, right? It's all about how your software, your mobile app is talking to other third-party APIs, other SDKs. And so that kind of situation where you can just spin up a cute little setup in Android Studio, um, there is a time and place to do that. This is not replacing anything where you can already do that. But our whole observation is that it's not able to cover all the scenarios. And then you end up having to like buy the phone off eBay and then like trying to reproduce the bug and collect an ADB log and then, oh, can I even get it or not? And so that's really the opportunity that Mobot is trying to really go after is we want to make this debugging, this bug catching process so much simpler for engineers because 
they already have so much to deal with. You have to write your espresso tests. You also have to test manually when things don't go well. You have to kind of troubleshoot or de debug or triage something that came in from customer support. There is, you're, you have all these competing priorities. Chasing down a bug and figuring out what you should actually, what you actually need to reproduce that bug is one of the hardest things to do. And if Mobot can find a realistic way to generate that report for you, show you that you have the test case coverage, and then here's the ADB log that's associated with that. Like we can make that process way easier for you and save you minutes, if not hours of having to just struggle through to even do the discovery of the bug so that you know what to fix. So, uh, Eden, I mean, uh, when you when you talk about Mobot, uh, you you are pitching it as uh, like a queue as a service. So we uh, so companies like say my company will approach your company and we will uh, give a problem statement and we'll say this is what we want to test. These are the couple of Android devices we want you to focus on and the iOS devices maybe iOS 15, 16 and Android 8, 9, 10, maybe 12, and then we come up with the whole thing. But say we have a release cycle. So how do we engage with Mobot and how does the release cycle work and how do we like uh, how, where do you fit in and what are the timelines of testing because uh, we couldn't figure out from the website and we couldn't get more details about like how, how does it feel, fit so say like in my company we have a release cycle of every month so when do I engage you uh, and uh, what do you need from us and then how soon can you provide us the report what format will be the report if if we have to do a retest before the release how soon can you do that so I think those kind of questions are also like uh, I mean th there's a gap uh, from the research that we did so it would be helpful if you can talk a bit about that as well yeah I can talk through kind of the the life cycle and, and the journey with using Mobot uh, so when we start with a new engineering team that we're working with, uh, the first thing is, of course, kind of trying to understand your device coverage and your test case coverage. So if a company already has a list of test cases in TestRail or Testany or some kind of test case management software, we will try to do an assessment to determine, okay, of all of these test cases, what do you actually want to prioritize for testing? Because I feel like what we've seen is there's always a backlog of like 500 test cases or something, but realistically, only like 100 or 200 of them get actually tested every week. And so part of the review and discovery process is we're learning about your test cases and we'll also work with you to kind of figure out, okay, this, if, if it's a finance app, then, you know, maybe adding a new debit card is a very important test case, but uh, making sure that you can change your profile picture is a less important test case. And so there is that part of the like business discovery and prioritization process that is uh, something that we go through in, in an initial kind of onboarding and engagement. Um, and so we figure out how many test cases what devices, and then yes, what is your testing frequency? Because we have some customers that are on one month sprints and they still want testing every week, even though the build is not being cut and released every month. Because if you know that testing could happen earlier, why would you wait until the end of the month to do testing? Uh, you would rather test sooner and more frequently so that that bug can get fixed mid sprint. And so there is a balance of kind of budget and resources to figure out when is the 
right time to do testing. And every time you test, what are the devices that we're testing on? Um, so that is part of the initial discovery. Um, but generally what happens is we'll agree on the scope of tests that are being imported into Mobot. Um, it might be all your test cases. It might be 50% of them. It might be 80% of them. Or if some customers have just an extreme volume of test cases, maybe we're only starting with the first 20% that's core. Um, and we'll get those test cases set up and then it gets added as a part of a regression test suite that can be called on at a, at a moment's notice to run. And so we can basically trigger a suite of Mobot tests based on a new build that's been distributed to TestFlight or Google Play Beta or Firebase. Uh, we can also be provided with a new IPA or APK file and just run based on that. Or maybe tests can be scheduled at a specific time. So whatever is the latest build at 9 a.m. on Wednesday, grab that build. And if you miss the train, you know, the, the engineer needs to kind of wait for the next release to run. Um, and so there's different ways to kind of automate tests on Mobot. Uh, then tests are run within the same business day generally, and then you'll get results um, at the end of that day. And so this process is intended to be faster than if humans were to do it. And of course, the more tests that you have Mobot run, the more leverage you're creating. And so it's more interesting if you're running five devices in parallel and Mobot is getting you results in the same business day that it would have taken, you know, if you instead were to try to run it, you know, five days in a row or something. And so that is part of kind of what uh, we're focused on with testing efficiency is we're trying to create leverage for the engineering teams that we work with. And so generally the regression test cases are already pre-configured, uh, but they can be triggered to run based on a new build being available or some kind of trigger determined together. Right. This might be a very naive question. As you said, you're, 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 uh, it, it, it's testing as a service. But um, so if I were to buy the services, I'm not going to get a mechanized robot uh, posted on delivery, no. <laughs> no. So the nice thing about Mobot is we are trying to make this whole testing process as simple for software engineers and QA professionals as possible. Uh, so what that means is all of the robots are in our New York City office. So we handle the mechanical maintenance, the setup, the teardown, the programming, the calibration of the phones, making sure we have the right phones and all of that. Uh, we do all of that in our infrastructure. And the long-term vision of this is that we want to be able to set up warehouses and buildings full of these robots, almost like AWS for mechanical testing nice. robots, uh, where you'll have you know, a shelf of robots, they just run tests and you can control them. Um, and so we do have a web application that allows you to view screenshot by screenshot reports and replays and logs, timestamps of everything that the robot actually executed. So you essentially kind of get in a post run uh, kind of recap of everything that happened. Um, and so, yeah, that means that we basically are able to kind of run these tests in the cloud uh, and no engineer, no, no customer needs to worry about have, having a physical robot to maintain uh, but long term that you know that's something that we're always evaluating different business models for mobot but currently we've seen that like no one wants to have to maintain a robot themselves uh, robots are kind of intimidating they're also expensive if you were to try to purchase a robot yourself um, you know off the market and so this is why we're trying to build the solution where we're democratizing access to physical testing by basically allowing you to have access to a robot in the cloud 
that's actually quite cool because uh, that way i mean it's it's like just uh, any cloud service but instead of uh, i mean hiring in infrastructure in the, i mean in in cloud service also you actually rent physical infrastructure there is a server somewhere that's there exactly is a hard disk right. hard disk somewhere and in in the similar way there is a robot somewhere that you are asking to trigger certain tests and that's what you are providing so that's actually quite interesting so can you tell us a bit more about these robots like how did the idea come of using these robots and what are these robots are they like 3d printer robots or because uh, we saw the videos and there is a stylus there so it's trying to click something and it's trying to mimic the human gestures but so it it, it looks like a 3d printer kind of a way like it goes up and down and then it tries to recognize objects on the screen so there has to be some kind of a camera to like see what's happening on the screen or some kind of a software feed to uh, work with so can you tell us about the setup like how does it work actually yeah uh so i i got the idea for starting mobot because i was working as a product manager i started my career uh building web apps at palantir technologies working for different government and healthcare insurance clients um and so there i got a lot of exposure to how normally uh testing is done where you can spin up some tests using selenium or cypress and there's a lot of great rpa tools out there that you could use no code recorder tools then when i transitioned into a product management role at a medical device startup uh it got a lot harder all of a sudden i had to uh run a lot of tests manually because there was a medical device and it had a hardware probe and then uh you had you have to plug it into the iphone and then you have to also make sure that the hardware and the firmware are up to date and the api is up to date and the mobile app is up to date and it syncs to a web app and so there were all of these variables that didn't exist when it was just like a nice tidy web app um and so that was ultimately having to do this manual tapping on different phones it got to a point where it was like 9 p.m. at night i had like you know a samsung phone a pixel phone my iphone uh ipad an android tablet and then you know there's the small there's the mini tablet and the 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 pro ipad pro and so i was literally just tapping you know with my index finger along a row of different phones and tablets and i remember just taking a break and just like i needed to go you know get some coffee take a shower and then like in the shower i came up with the idea for mobot um because i was like wait if i'm just tapping like this with my fingers why can't we get a mechanical robot to do this exact same job And so I did some research. I I went online and I looked up, you know, different robots that you could buy, and it turns out like there's nothing special about getting a robot to tap on a phone. Uh, that's not the unique idea. Um there are touchscreen testing robots that uh, have been created by companies to test the glass. um to make sure that like is the glass going to break if you tap on it too hard or something. And so if you wanted to go out there as an engineer and you wanted to buy a 25 or $50,000 robot and you wanted to set it all up yourself, you could totally if you really tried hard enough and somehow magically had the time to do this on top of all of your other actual responsibilities, you could totally do this. But the friction that I as a product manager and I saw this with my engineers is no one has the time to do that, no one has the money to do that, and it's so outside of your core competency as a software company that it would never make sense for most software companies to go and buy a mechanical robot. And so if we can build a solution where we make it so accessible and so easy easy that you can control a physical robot in software without needing to actually wrangle the robot yourself 
then that's the opportunity. And that's what makes Mobot unique is we're building the solution that makes it easy for you to access that technology without needing to have the insight or the expertise to, to manage hardware and mechanical engineering. Um, and so it's not actually about the robot itself. It is, it's about the opportunity to access that robot in the cloud. And so to kind of start prototyping, um, we did use a lot of commoditized and off-the-shelf parts uh, to build this robot because there are a lot of other similar technologies. It's like exactly like you said, a pen plotter or a 3D printer or even a pick-and-place machine all kind of use the same underlying premise of you have X, Y, Z, and a grid of coordinates, and you want the robot to do something and perform a certain action. And so what really makes Mobot compelling is kind of the fusion of all of these things. We spin up the hardware, we manage the phones, we have our own software to program the robot to make it really easy to program the robot. But then there's also the service component of making sure that all of this is delivered end to end in a successful way to really make it as easy as possible for the engineering teams that we work with. And so that is all combined to kind of make this QA as a service holistic end to end solution that covers everything. But totally, we have seen like if you had all the time and money in the world, you could try to do bits and pieces of this yourself. But I think there's this there's a reason why uh, the world has moved towards cloud computing for the same reason. No one wants to set up their own data center. Uh, I think it's very much the same premise for Mobot. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, that that's really good to know uh, the the inner workings of it. So um, you mentioned you know the 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 operation of Mobots are a lot faster than what. A human would do. Would it not somehow negate the point of actually, you know, testing just like a human would do because it's it's clicking the buttons too fast? How do we so, get around? Yeah, testing speed is the where you get leverage with testing speed is by testing more devices and more test cases simultaneously. Mm -hmm. It's not about like the millisecond, like, oh, I want to tap faster and then you get to the next step faster. Uh, we actually, we try to create a very intentionally realistic human tapping like experience with our robots. Um, so where the leverage actually comes from, from faster testing is by like, okay, if I have a hundred test cases, can I split this out across 10 phones testing at the same time? So it gets done in a 10th of the time rather than running. I have only one phone, one human running all a hundred linearly serially. And so that leverage is where you get the most opportunity to speed up the testing cycle. And so, of course, we do have to design the test suites in a way that accounts for dependencies, preconditions, making sure that the accounts are in the right state, the app is in the right state. But absolutely, like where you cut corners, you do not want to cut corners by like, oh, I'm going to make this screen load, you know, two milliseconds faster and then tap faster um, because we do want it to be realistic. There are animations, there's, uh, you know, loading times. You do have to, because this is realistic end-to-end -end testing. Uh, if you push on a button, it does have to make an API call. It has to return the data. You want to make sure the data loads before you move on to the next step. And so the testing leverage there is is intended to be realistic, um, but then also that is something that we can tweak with different customers. There is an ability to kind of customize the wait time because we do have certain tests that need longer amounts of time to run. Um, we have certain tests that don't need as long. And so part of what we are hoping to do as we build more technology is that we will be able to provide more customization and more leverage for customers as they complete their testing. 
I was going to say, you really, you really have thought about everything. That is uh, quite a bit of nuance added to the testing to add the uh, additional slowness for, for, for mimicking human interaction. So, um, in terms of devices, you mentioned, you know, you, you, you've looked at phones as well as now, uh, tablets and bigger size tablets as well. I mean, what other devices are you also covering or probably thinking of covering? Cause off the top of my head, I can think of smart TVs. That's that are not touchscreen, but are controlled by remote control, which can be tapped. Uh, so, um, what about uh, uh, sort of devices beyond phones and tablets? Yeah, I think that's the future of where our business is going and where the industry is going. Right? Fundamentally, Mobot is not a mobile testing company. Uh, we want to be able to build tools that support engineers as the industries continue to evolve. Right now, it seems to be very iOS and Android centric, but we also know that in a few years, someone else is going to come up with a different operating system. Even 10 years ago, Blackberries and Windows mobile phones were so much more popular. And so the OS wars are going to change. And that means exactly like you said, the applications are going to change as well. Uh, is it, it right now it is a touchscreen, but next, you know, in the next five to 10 years, maybe it's buttons, uh, maybe it's an airplane cockpit, uh, maybe there's an automotive dashboard or a point of sale system at a coffee shop or uh, something that we want to cover. And so long term, we want to build realistic infrastructure so that we can test exactly like humans use things to make software engineering's lives easier and then use the data that's collected during testing as an opportunity for feedback to make the product performance and, and UI better. Um, so that's kind of the longer term vision for the business. Uh, but right now we are very focused on iOS and Android just because there's so much of a problem to tackle there with just the amount of test cases that cannot be covered with traditional automation. And so the next natural next step for expansion is if we cover iOS and Android, okay, we can also then cover Apple Watch. We can also cover other peripherals that interact with mobile apps. It might be a Bluetooth dongle. It might be some sort of Bluetooth device. Um, and so the mobile app continues to kind of be the primary testing interface right now, but we do see that expanding over time uh, where maybe eventually we will cover Linux-based point-of-sale systems or touchscreen systems or other types of hardware. Uh, but that's, I think, something that we're going to have an opportunity to do that because we've been testing on all these other kinds of hardware. And so we're, we're going to be more equipped to do so than a lot of the other software testing frameworks um, that you know are currently very historically focused on just iOS and Android or web apps or desktop apps. We'd like to be able to expand beyond that. And I think the broader thesis for our business is that we think software is becoming more physical. The way you use it product as a consumer is more complex. You know, you have you start a workout on your Apple Watch, you go outside, um, you know, and, and you're trying to figure out, OK, you're a delivery driver. You dropped off the order. Where is it on the map? Like, it's so hard to just like perfectly emulate or simulate something uh, in isolation and you have two phones that are talking to each other, you're receiving a push notification after the app has been backgrounded, you receive a phone call, you use the camera, you upload something from device storage. These are all things that are very difficult to test and we think the problem is going to get harder and scarier and that's an exciting opportunity for Mobot and we hope that other testing engineers will also see that as an exciting opportunity to really grow their toolkit and grow their testing strategy. I'll tell you what could be even harder. I, I don't know if you all really thought about it, but uh, to test VR headsets, because that would have a different uh, 
level of uh, sort of screen reading, uh, you know, through the lens and then uh, pressing the buttons. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what uh, what you guys do next. I was actually about Thank to you. ask uh, same thing. I mean, what uh, Renat mentioned VR headsets because I uh, I mean I I manage a test team who test uh, devices, but I do test uh, uh, Chromecast device as well, and then uh, I plug it to a, t a TV or a computer monitor, and then I uh, tap on the remote, and then uh, it's not a touch screen, but I but it's based on Android, right? So it's uh, Android TV OS, and uh, you try to then play play with it and. Uh, operate that and now i'm thinking that in cars you have android auto and then you have other other devices and then you have google assistant on so many other devices which are linked to android so there are like so many devices now and we did an episode on smart homes where you have all these devices which are inter interconnected and talking to each other and you get a notification on your phone you get notification on your uh, mobile and so sometimes if you have a smart uh, fridge you get the notification on the fridge and these are all hardware devices and it's actually for a test engineer uh, to test these devices it's very difficult to keep uh, procuring or buying these devices because somehow that that's why device farms became popular because it was not affordable for a company to just keep buying devices because devices get outdated software versions keep uh, changing so you can't keep updating um, so it's difficult to maintain that and I think it's a very good uh, uh, challenge for uh, companies to solve and I think you have hit that so uh, do you have uh, ideas where like uh, have you been approached by say companies uh, in the automobile sector because they have a tablet now most of the uh, electric vehicles are coming up with tablets and these tablets are all touchscreen there are no buttons and that's a huge challenge because you have to navigate uh, your air conditioning your mobile uh, your entertainment system your navigation system yeah etc from one single uh, touch uh, screen tablet so have you been approached uh, regarding that yeah, I think that's an interesting segment of the market that we're looking to expand into. Um, right now, we're very much focused on kind of, uh, you mentioned Android Auto and CarPlay. That's kind of the first uh, way that we're dipping our toes into this. So we do have a couple of existing customers that have map applications that you can imagine it is on your iOS and Android device. And then you have, you 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 go into your car and then you have a head unit and it connects, you know, CarPlay or Android Auto. And so there are test cases where where if I interact with something on my phone, I want to make sure the head unit is now displaying the right map, the right destination was selected, or I selected an alternate route. And so that's kind of the first uh, step for Mobot into this. And we're piloting this already with some of our existing customers. And so absolutely, like where this can go from there is eventually it might be beyond iOS and Android. It might be the native car manufacturer's own operating system. And I think there's a lot of exciting opportunity for us to test there. Uh, so we do think that this is a problem with a, a, a target market that's only going to continue to grow bigger and bigger in the next five to 10 years. Um, and I think right now, iOS and Android engineers have their hands full, uh, really, and in, in QA professionals already with, you had touched on, yeah, Roku, Chromecast, Apple TV, um, Apple Watch, uh, Samsung smartwatches, everything like that. I think we want to try to figure out what are these products that we can test that integrate with mobile apps. And then eventually we'll be able to kind of branch out more and more beyond that. So that is something that uh, we're very focused on for the future. 
So, uh, uh, Eden, I mean, uh, while looking at the videos, uh, I noticed that this, there is only one stylus. And then I was thinking, there are certain scenarios where you have to pinch the screen with two fingers. So, uh, how do you do that? I mean, is there a scenario where you actually use two stylus to pinch the screen, expand it, especially on map where you have to zoom in, zoom out. Uh, so, those cases, you have to use two fingers because uh, most of the functionality on a mobile phone, you can do it with one finger at any given point in time. But uh, a lot of times where there are certain Apps like map apps where you have to use two fingers so how uh, do you use actually two stylus or do you uh, how, how do you test that kind of scenario yeah so you might not be surprised to hear this but 99% of all the test actions that we get requested are with a single stylus and so uh, right now that's kind of where we've been focused on optimizing our technology for as this need continues to grow um, we will potentially consider adding multi-touch um, but honestly we are at a point where because mobot is doing qa as a service we have the robots do the easy stuff so if there's like ever like a once every 1000th action um, you know you have to pan the map or pinch or something uh it's really not that hard to just like a person who's also watching the robot just goes over and does the quick thing and then the robot does the other 99 percent of the work and so we as a part of what we've always told our customers like we're not pretending that there's like some magical warehouse where everything's automated and uh no one is looking at your robot no one is looking at your phone i also think that's very scary right as a test engineer you don't want to hear that like oh we just had a bunch of robots do the work and no one checked the work afterwards i think part of what really our our customers find very compelling is mobot is this combination of humans plus robots the robots do the easy work the humans are reviewing are uh, controlling are retraining reprogramming the robot afterwards and helping to maintain regression test suites because we know apps are changing all the time and so it's not like we can just have the robot run unattended forever and so the the example that you used of kind of like pinching and zooming on a map it is something that happens so infrequently that currently we handle it as a manual action uh, but if we ever get to a point where oh there's like 3,000 of these that are happening per hour, then yes, we should totally build a robot to support that. But I think fundamentally, we're in the business of kind of automating the things that are most painful and high friction. And uh, so we kind of are able to kind of use our own testing data to understand how often does that particular scenario comes up. And so as long as we're being upfront with our customers about just like what we can and cannot do and the capabilities of the platform, we found that because what Mobot is already able to offer is so different and already so differentiated from what already exists, that people are okay with the fact that we don't have multi-touch just yet. Um, because they've also been honest that like, I don't need multi-touch, but I do need a video call and I need to be able to see the rear and um, the, the front uh, device camera. And so those kinds of things, I think, because we're able to kind of cover everything in a realistic way, they're fine with the fact that multi-touch is something that uh, might happen later on. Right. So, um, I mean, obviously, AI uh, is a, is a very hot topic nowadays. Everyone is trying to integrate it with their uh, existing technology and everything. And I was thinking, uh, is there a way? I mean, I'm sure you have considered it or uh, doing some work around uh, how to, you know, uh, uh, using, utilizing, or leveraging AI in some way or another. But the way I was thinking is, um, so 
you know, in terms of uh, testing the UI of, of any any front-end application, um, there is a lot of research that goes on to it as well. I mean, depending on the color, how would a human react to this color as opposed to that color, this sharp design as opposed to more of a rounded edge design, etc. Now, um, if you already have a camera in your mechanized robot, you could actually see that UI change and potentially also, you know, uh, use an AI to sort of mimic uh, what a human interaction could be or human uh, sort of response should be. Uh, are you are you doing any kind of, um, uh, you know, thinking on that on that front? Yes, um, you can probably imagine the reason that regression testing is so interesting and so useful is every time we run the test, we're collecting screenshots. We have a full log of the the taps that were performed, the actions that were performed in that test, and we can eventually use that data to train a machine learning uh, data set to then have the robot behave more in a more exploratory testing way, exactly like how a human might. Um, so, of course, I think with testing, what we have realized, though, is that when testing needs to be performed, you do want to actually have a thoughtful QA strategy uh, if you have 200 test cases, those 200 test cases were probably carefully designed for a reason because you knew that like, this is what generates revenue in the app. This is the most highest converting part of the app. And so the idea that you could have an AI like randomly tap around, but it does that actually represent realistic human priorities, business priorities? What we've also found is if you kind of don't spend enough time curating your test cases, what ends up happening is you find a lot of bugs, but they're not even important bugs. Like, oh, app will crash if you tap on the settings button 46 times. How many times is someone going to tap on the settings button 46 times? Um, how often is that bug going to get encountered? And then it becomes this sort of give and take with the engineering team of, okay, we found this bug, but is this bug even worth fixing? And so I do think there's a very interesting conversation around prioritization of test cases, what that QA strategy looks like. And so I absolutely do believe that AI and machine learning can play a role in testing in the future. But there's a reason why even at Mobot, we're, we don't think all of QA can be automated because we do think someone needs to be making the business decision and the call of like what is worth working on and what is not. Even if you have the actual execution being done with automation, um, you can't outsource the decision-making process. Um, and so I think AI and machine learning, it will continue to evolve this field for a long time. But we do need to be very careful about the consequences, because if you just leave it unattended, I know there's been all this conversation around chat GPT and all its capability. I don't even think chat GPT can decide on all the best test cases. I think only a true test engineer that understands the business, understands your product, and has done the manual testing themselves, they are the ones that really appreciate that nuance. And so we at Mobot are here to kind of do the heavy lifting once they've made the decision. And so it's about how can we put that QA professional in the driver's seat, but you know they don't need to be literally um, like... You know, kind of like self-driving cars. You want some of the the leverage to be created, uh, but you you do need someone to be making decisions. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, very important because in the industry now, there's so much focus on automation that a uh, lot of time people think, okay, let's get rid of the QA guys and uh, let's just get everything automated. Let's get the developers do all the automation and we don't even need a QA team and then we'll have good quality. But over a period of time, I've worked now in the industry for 16 years and I've worked with different companies. I've realized that you do need people. Even in our, in, even in, in our organization where we have automated test cases, we need the people to find out, to do exploratory kind of testing, like think outside the box, because as you said, the heavy lifting can be done by the robots. Uh, it's it's like uh, a dishwasher, like you, it, it can wash the majority of the dishes, but there are still some dishes that have to be washed by humans. You can't uh, wash all the dishes by using a machine. So there'll always be that, uh, me and Rinat, we were just talking before you joined about this analogy of a dishwasher, because there are this, still this some cases. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think it's, it's so, uh, real and companies they forget sometimes in the in the hope that automation is going to solve all their problems that they forget that okay humans actually add value and if we take the heavy lifting so even chat gpt is going to augment we did a podcast uh, a few episodes back about chat gpt and we we talked about this like people are getting afraid that they lose their jobs but it's not like that it's like they will maybe get better at their jobs the the heavy lifting the repetitive boring part can be done by someone else and then we can think about more cognitive things more creative things and we can see okay this tool okay uh, with a mobot this uh, the reports that are getting generated might give us more insight into how actually the app is being used etc and and i think that's where the value is and a lot of people when they're fixated about automation they forget that part that's yeah. right yeah so um, yeah, no, one of the things also I wanted to add in, you know, being in RPA industry for a long time, um, one of the things I've noticed that, you know, once they know the possibility of automation, everyone wants to automate everything, but sometimes it makes better business uh, uh, decision to not to automate part of it because the human judgment or the decision-making process, or even just maintaining an automation might not be worth it for, for what it will return. So uh, yeah, it, it, you know, hats off to you because of uh, this, this is exactly what I've also experienced in, 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 you know, few years in, in automation industry. And uh, people do need to understand that automation is there to augment your performance, not necessarily replace it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of continued discussion over this over the next few years as people realize the limitations. I feel like we're kind of in this honeymoon phase where everyone wants to apply automation to everything and AI to everything. And we're going to start to realize the consequences. Um, but you people have to make that, you know, they have to they have to try it first. Like there's no way that people are going to know and, until we actually experience this. And we experience like, what does the loss of test case coverage look like? If you don't have a holistic person, you know, thinking about the whole testing strategy. And so I think we kind of have to give these engineering teams and product and QA teams the opportunity to experiment. But I think maintaining that open mind and being open to iteration is going to be such an important part of this. Um, and it's kind of also like what you were saying with the dishwasher analogy. I also think it's important to remember someone has to load the dishwashers into the dishwasher yes. too. So there are so many complex parts of that require human ingenuity in the testing process. Um, afterwards, someone still needs to take the dishwasher, the dishes out. out. So there's so many parts of that dishwasher analogy that really apply to QA and testing and product development. 
Thank you very much, Eden. That was that was very insightful and actually quite groundbreaking. Again, uh, the the idea and you know to to make it into a reality to close that gap within within testing environment. And uh, thank you again for uh, coming uh, to our podcast and explaining all about it. It was it was really really intriguing to know about it in detail and also to know about the future, what the future holds for for mobot and uh, automation automation testing in general. So uh, yeah, really pleased to to have this conversation with you. Uh, to the audience, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this talk, and uh, uh, we will be available in all the all, all our usual platforms. Uh, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, etc., as well as YouTube. So uh, please do listen in and give us your feedback or any questions you might have. Would would love to answer them or even pass it on to Eden if uh, if there is a particular mobot related question. Um, thanks again, Eden, for coming to the podcast with us. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you so much, and uh, wish you all the best. Uh, do you have anything else to add about your uh, company, etc.? Yeah, if I'm always looking to talk to QA professionals or um, folks who have experience with mobile testing, and if they're interested in learning more or they'd like to debate or discuss, uh, definitely come find us at mobot.io. Our team would love to talk to you and get to know your use cases. Definitely. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll talk to my team and I'll see if we can get something out of uh, your uh, company because we have struggled to find uh, automated solution where we can test video as well as Bluetooth. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, thank you so much again. Looking forward to it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you. thank you, everyone. Bye.